Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. Today we're on a episode 28 of the show. So I'm here today with Amy Damone. Amy is an online business manager, entrepreneur, certified consultant, and VA mentor. She works with entrepreneurs to systemize, automize, and grow their businesses so that they can enjoy life instead of just living it. I'm so excited to chat with Amy all about automation and launching products. This is something that is really interesting to me and I hope it's interesting to you guys as well because I think we could always use help with launching products because it's not always as clear cut as it may seem. So let's dive right in. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat more about product launching with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and kind of just how you got started doing it all. So my name is Amy Damone. I am an online business manager, launch specialist, as well as an entrepreneur certified consultant. And I got into this job or career path or whatever you want to call it, totally randomly. I actually just Googled how to make money online and fast forward three, two and a half years and here I am today. Um, I was working in the government in Canada and I, it was my first real job and I made it six days before my body shut down. I was unable to walk and I also needed to pay my rent. So that's what kind of led me to the Google search of how to make money online. And then I found Upwork, which was used to be okay. And then right when I kind of got into it, they made some crazy changes and it was just <laughs> so not awesome. Um, and yeah. And then I just kind of, I fell in with like a really great group of coaches. I niched down really quickly just by coincidence and here I am. Well, I mean, you don't like having a portion of your money taken out from Upwork or? No, you know, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> and I think they pay through PayPal. So you like lose it even more. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. But when I was doing it, it was only 10%. Um, yeah, I think it's now up to like 20 or 30. Yeah, now. And like 10% is a lot. But yeah. at the same time, like I had no experience. So it was perfect to uh, get that foot in the door. But yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty happy with keeping my own money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. I looked at it a couple months ago just because I was like, well, I mean, I have a little bit extra room. Let's see if I can pick up any, you know, random social media clients here and there. And then I was like, okay, well, this person is not going to accept my price because it has to be way higher than it normally is because of the stupid fee. So, and then I heard a lot of the time people will like go off the platform, but you probably yeah. don't. Well, I don't You're not supposed that. to. Um, there's a lot of legal, I actually like scoured that contract because I'm all about like, what can I do? Like what, what am I legally allowed to do without getting in trouble? Um, and yeah, that contract's like real steadfast. So if they, if like, you know, if you're you're tattled on they can sue you up to like i think five grand which most people on upwork aren't making 
that. <laughs> no, not with all the fees. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So, but yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, um, I've heard a lot of people get their start that way. Just, you know, they were unable to work, um, in a regular environment and they're just like, what can I do to make money from home? And, you know, five, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been as easy as it is now. Um, yeah, definitely not. So, <laughs> but yeah, so we're talking about launching today. So launching a product is something a lot of people come to me about and they're like, how do I do it? I know you've done it a little bit before, but you know, I'm not the launching guru. Um, so, you know, I, let's just talk about like things that you need to do prior to launching. Cause a lot of people are just like, I'm going to put out this product. It's going to be great, but they don't really have like a strategy going on. It's just like, here's my product world, take it or leave it. And then it ends up like flopping and I've done it myself. You know, I mean, I had somewhat of a strategy, but it wasn't anything crazy. So what are some things that you think that need to be done before launching? Like just things that are crucial. Yeah. So a plan (laughs) that's super important. I've been on some teams when I first started my uh, career where there, it was just like, I, I look back on it and I'm like, what were they doing? What were these like experts and launch strategy? Like, what were they doing? Like, I just don't understand. It was, yeah, a plan. It's like super important. And I know that sounds so stupid, but like, actually like having a plan to launch your product, knowing your market and being able to like niche down and actually have like really good copy to attract them is also really important. Um, but yeah, like definitely a plan and you have to do it a little bit or out of the box these days because everyone's recognizing oh like this webinar is going to be a sales funnel into this like program like that's mm-hmm. obvious even and i know we you know as people that are in like this kind of sphere they're like oh like that's just because you're too close to it but market trends are showing that like customers are getting way sa- more savvy than you would ever want or hope for. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so having a plan and being a little outside the box about it, super important. Um, I'm not sure how in depth you want me to go. go um, as in, <laughs> as in depth as you, as you would like, um, just kind of somewhat basic, but, um, still kind of giving some good detail on what, um, all needs to be done kind of thing. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I would start with a plan and get some mindset, um, do some mindset work around it. I know, you know, we, especially if you're working like alongside the coaching industry, like you, I do, a lot of people think, oh, like I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. But like a launch is really stressful. Like you need to make sure you, it's like exam season in university. <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone went through that that's listening, but I remember <laughs> back in my day and that was just like, you were up all night drinking coffee. You had this, you had that. It's kind of the same. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like a, it's like a little bit of a, I wouldn't say I before the storm, but kind of, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's a struggle, but Mm -hmm. mindset is definitely really important. And then sit down. I always recommend, um, I do launch product launches around group programs. Mostly that's tends to be my bread and butter. So what I sit down with my clients and I say, okay, like what's your non-negotiable goal? Like how many people do you have to fill, um, to like basically get your ROI. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you, you make your, like your practical realistic goal and then you make your stretch goal. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gets you really into the, you know, the, the mindset of being like, okay, this is, this is happening. You know, it's ramping up. We're going to start doing this. And then, you know, and then start looking at the plan and be like, okay, like what's working. I'm really analytical, which is 
probably why I'm in management <laughs> and launched a strategy. Um, so you have to look at like market trends, all that jazz. And I know it sounds boring and you won't probably want to puke and like cry your eyes out because <laughs> it just sounds like the most unfun thing, but it's super important. And then you have to see how you can adapt it and be a little bit more forward thinking. So those are kind of like my like first three to five steps, depending how I break it down for launching um, to really like start get, getting you in the game. Yeah, I definitely agree with the plan. The first ever launch that I did, I just threw together a couple emails and then, you know, actually made the product and that was about it. And didn't go so hot. <laughs> I'm sure there are <laughs> other people have been there too. Um, yeah, definitely. Know, it just seems like one of those things that's like, it doesn't need to be that difficult, but we, along the way, we forget steps that are definitely um, important. And now I kind of map it out from the whole actual making the product to the promotion, to the actual, you know, pre-sale, if you will, and then to the legitimate launch where it's going to be seven to 14 days of mm-hmm. craziness, email, um, emails, blog posts, just promotion, Facebook ads, things like that. Um, and really just like as, as a whole, it doesn't seem so scary, but when you like look at the little steps, you're like, Oh, okay. I need to write these emails. I need to, you know, write copy for a Facebook ad. I need to design some graphics. I need to do this. I mean, that it's like, as a whole, it's like, okay, you're launching a product. It's fine. But when you look at the smaller steps, it's a lot. And people don't really seem to realize that they think they can just kind of like throw it out there and have it be you know, profitable. And that's not really how it works. It'd be wonderful if it was, <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely not how it works. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. It definitely takes some, some planning and, you know, figuring out your target audience and if what you are promoting to them is going to be, um, a hit. Cause you know, sometimes you think that your audience wants something, but it doesn't end up selling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so do you think that like pre-sale is necessary when you're launching? I've always done pre-sale and I found it to be good because, you know, the people who were interested prior to get a little bit of like a discount and they get it a little bit early, but I just was curious on your take on that. I'm a huge fan of the pre-sale. Yeah, like really, really big fan, especially if you are like one thing that I set up for my clients is, you know, you have these blog posts, you know, funneling them to the sales pages mm-hmm. um, and being like, oh, like get on the wait list. These are like lukewarm, I, f- I believe like lukewarm leads. So they're not cold mm-hmm. leads, they're not hot leads, but they're they're there, they're saying, yeah, we are interested. Yeah, this might've been three months ago, God knows what program or product <laughs> they bought in that time period. Yeah. But they're still like the ones that are like, I wanted to know three years ago or three months ago, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> three years, that would be, that probably not be so lukewarm <laughs> but um but yeah they're the ones saying like I want this I want this I want this so yeah. you know allowing or you know opening up a like a discounted price for them is always like you know that's be like okay like awesome I made that fast action back three months ago mm-hmm. I said I was interested and now I'm getting this awesome anywhere from like one to five hundred dollar discount on this program that could only cost like you know twelve hundred dollars so that's like a significant that's like forty percent that's a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, to be saving so huge fan huge fan and to me I also think that it kind of helps you decide like if you do launch and you only have like a couple of sales in the pre-sale then you're like well if these people who were excited about it from the get-go aren't buying then 
are my actual other email subscribers going to buy? Because, you know, these are people who said they were excited about it and something that they wanted. So, um, I also have used that to kind of base if I should actually end up for real launching something. Yeah. And that's definitely like a really good tactic depending on who is being like how many people are on that list because, <laughs> and like the time period as well. Cause I find a lot of, like, so, I mean, I work with a lot of people and you know, they're like, Oh my God, we've only done one sale. I'm currently in launch with a client of mine and you know, it's a $3,000 price point program, but you know, she's doing early bird. It's $300 off. She, she's like, she's only filled two spots of 20. And she's like a little freaking out. And I'm like, no, like you can't, you can't think of this. I mean, it's also time, like looking at the time that you're launching is super important right now. It's a disaster to try to sell to anyone. (laughs) It's it's just a disaster. But come three, four days when it's January, it's a whole other ball game. People are making resolutions. You know, they're like, oh, I want this. I want that. I want this. I want my life to be better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and there's also times like, um, like September is really good. Cause like the school, we kind of, as you know, even though it was so long ago, like school is still a thing, you know, September is like another fresh, like a mini fresh new year, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Cause I've, I see a lot of people launch in September and I think that's a good strategy because, you know, that's when I kind of do my relook at my goals and look at everything and like, Oh, am I doing what I need to be doing? Oh, okay. Well, I feel like I could use a refresher on Facebook ads purchase course, you know? So exactly. a lot of people do that same thing too. I mean, if I'm doing it, I'm sure others are doing it too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think pre-sale is really beneficial and you know, it kind of just helps you solidify the need for whatever you're trying to sell. Um, so pricing on products, how, like, how do you kind of determine that? Do you help your clients with that at all? Is that something you do? I do. Okay. Um, I would say 50, 50% of the time I help. Sometimes they don't. One thing that I heard recently from a client of mine, and I'm sure she heard it from someone else was that, you know how like 97s are all the, all the rage. And I know there's a lot of scientific research. I was actually going to ask you that. Like, do you think the seven at the end makes a big difference? Cause a lot of people are like 27, 37, 47, 57, 97, you know, they'd use the seven at the end as a marketing tactic. But I was going to ask you if you think that's like a real thing. Well, there is like there, as I was saying, like, yeah, there's like studies around it. There's a re- like, there's a reason that's there. Um, it, because you know, you're rounding down, you're like, oh, it's 97, 95. So I'm saving $5. But I mean, that's what you do in your head. subconsciously. Yeah, of um, but one thing that my client said that was really funny is she was like, this isn't Walmart. And I was like, that's interesting. I've never actually thought of it like that. So some of my clients that I've been finding lately have been kind of moving away from the 97s mm-hmm. because for a higher price point, for a lower price point, they're still doing like 17, 47, 97 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when it's over about two, three grand, then they're doing like, it's three grand. It's not two, nine, 29, 97. Like it's not yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I like, I'm a number, I'm like a weird number person. I'm like, I have like idiosyncrasies where I'm like, I want to put a three in there. So I myself, when I launch stuff, I don't adhere to any number thing, but that's just because I'm a little neurotic. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I always heard that that was like a marketing tactic that worked and I've tried it and then like, I didn't see any difference in using a different price, but I can see why it would be appealing to people because they're like, oh, well, it's not a hundred dollars, you know, because you know, some people are like, okay, well, I'm going to buy this product if it's under a hundred. It's like, okay, but it is under a hundred by a couple of dollars. It's just like, it's funny to see how, um, 
that works. But so when you're deciding on prices, what do you base it upon? Do you base it upon like, if it's like a product launch as in like an e-course, do you base it upon like how many modules are in it or like bonuses and things like that? Or how do you kind of figure that out for your clients? Well, what we kind of look at most of the time is we look, how many calls are you getting? Cause because of like what I work in, it's more like program based. Yeah. So it's, you know, how many calls are you getting? How much actual one-on-one attention are you getting? And that really contributes to how much it's going to cost mm-hmm. because, and not to knock this, you know, I've, you know, I've done my own launches with this, but like group Facebook, it's amazing. Like the accountability in a group Facebook is like out of this world, but that's, that's free. Yeah. Um, you know, you have like the bonuses that you've gotten, like, that's great. But like, when you think of it, like, that's just a bonus. That's to incentivize the people that are coming on to coming into the program and being like, okay, you know, bonus here, bonus here, bonus there. Um, so we look at the call, like how much one-on-one time or how much group time, how much access they have to that actual coach. Yeah. So that is one like really big thing. Also length. Yeah. And like, also then you compare it to other coaches and things like that. Um, I tend to do like, I tend to say if it's less, if it's a month, like four to six, four to six weeks, less than 15, depending on like how much you're actually, um, supplying, like some, some courses are jammed packed and like, that's a whole other ball game. But, um, so yeah, less than 15, kind of up to, up to three months is kind of like a grand a month ish. Mm -hmm. And then over and above, it's like monthly subscription of, you know, anywhere from, three to seven hundred dollars if the program's longer than like four months okay that makes sense yeah that's that's helpful because i see a lot of people like usually people with courses it's either like a shorter course is like between 29 and 97 one with a couple like three to five modules and then once people like you know get those ones that have a ton of modules and a ton of you know one-on-one time with the um creator it becomes a lot higher yeah. And like do it yourself courses are really like big lately. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because like millennials like <laughs> ourselves, yeah. um, we like to digest the content much quicker and yeah. we're not, we're like, Oh, we don't need that guidance. So the do your, the do yourself courses, you can have the exact same course, just take away the Facebook, the calls and everything. And it will be like a third of the price. Yeah. But exactly. that's because no one's going to pay $1,500 for a do it yourself course. If it's, three modules and you don't have access to a course. I mean, unless you're like someone spectacular. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that I prefer to purchase those courses that they either not don't have one-on-ones and it's more so of a group thing, even though I don't really prefer the group thing, but with courses, it's, I feel like I don't really need the one-on-one stuff. Like for yeah. courses, it's like, if I'm going to work with someone one-on-one, it's going to be a business coach or someone who's, it's not like a course or, you know, a group program type thing. It's going to be one-on-one just so I can, you know, get that insight from them without having to wait until they do a group program, um, like a call or something. And I have to ask in front of everyone. That's just a personal preference for me because mm-hmm. I like working one-on-one more, even though it is a little more pricey usually. Yeah. And like, because... I know the one thing that I'm noticing like lately with group programs, especially is what they'll be doing is they'll be having those calls and then they'll offer one or two private calls. Mm-hmm. And that will be, that means it's like a bump. It tends to be a bump. So they'll be like, if you don't want this, it's fine. But here for two extra calls, you get, you know, or two calls you get, it costs an extra $200. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice. Cause it's accommodating the people that need a little bit more like assurance. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a lot of it. What it is, is just there a little, they just need some handling. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I don't, I'm not like nervous to ask in front of people, but it's like, I feel like one-on-one help is more beneficial usually because you're not, they're not generally answering the question. They're, they're answering it more specific to your needs versus just the whole entire group. So yeah, I definitely, Definitely. that's awesome. So what are some of the tools that you use when helping your clients launch products? A lot of coffee. (laughs) Um, but so I'm, I'm going to plug Entreport, but so I'm an Entreport certified consultant. So I use Entreport a lot. It's an all-in-one business solution. So that's kind of why I'm like, you know, affiliate links, everything comes from that system. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's quite expensive though, like it's like infusion soft on steroids, I like to call it. (laughs) Although I think the price point might be the same Mm -hmm. and probably all the infusion soft people are yelling, cursing my name, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so I use that a lot, but you know, other things that I use, like I'm also a big fan of affiliate um, marketing for launches. Yeah. Um, so definitely some program that works that works well with that. So Entreport does that. I've also used, um, I believe it's WP Affiliate or Affiliate WP, which is a plugin that you it costs money. But we use one shopping cart, which I don't love. So yeah, that's. So anyway, a lot of those, um, so coffee, we've got coffee, we've got the affiliate and then, you know, like a really good, you know, like email marketing system that you know, that, you know, inside and out because you want to make sure that this flows. You want to make sure that the email delivery rates are up. You want to make sure that those sales emails are actually ending up in the inbox. Um, or, you know, at least, at least promotions and not junk. So (laughs) that's also super important. Um, and what, like what, I mean, a really good website builder, because it's all about the sales pages, you want to make sure that, you know, they are looking snazzy mm-hmm. and then a heck of a lot of testimonials. Social proof is so important. And I know everyone's like, okay, okay. Yeah, obviously. But you know, if you have 50, maybe not 50, but if you have 15 testimonials, put those up there because you know, you need to get, you need people actually seeing, Hey, like your product is changing lives. Of course. Yeah. I think testimonials are super important and it's something that I feel like I personally need to be better about. Um, because you know, I'm in the, I'm in my, well, I just finished my first year of business. So it's like for courses and things I'm launching like that, I don't have testimonials cause it's like the brands making new courses. So how do you go about getting those testimonials when you're launching a brand new program? So that's hard. Um, what I would say, so are you, so like, let me, let me ask you to rephrase. So do you mean you want those testimonials for your brand new product and you're wondering how to kind of Yeah. I mean, I guess like, since you say testimonials are really important, how does someone go about getting them for brand new products? Because, you know, obviously it hasn't launched yet and I've seen people offering it for free, but you know, it's like to a couple people, but sometimes I feel like when you are a free product tester, you don't really, you know, go into it as um, good as you would and as in-depth as you would if you had to pay for it just because you're like, oh, this person gave it to me for free. And then, because I've been a free product tester before and I feel like my feedback wasn't as great for that person and then I felt bad because it's like, well, if we would have paid for this, I feel like my feedback would have been a little more um, helpful for them, you know, but. Yeah, definitely. Um, What I like, for that kind of situation, what I always suggest is a beta program. So you're like straight up saying, Hey, this is beta. I'm offering it for like crazy reduced price. Like mm-hmm. these are like, you know, lay out kind of like the requirements as in like, you will actually complete this course and you will do this <laughs> and you will give me a testimonial. Um, but what also you can do, like if you just 
you're not feeling, cause I've, I've been, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients that just don't, they, they don't do it beta. They just mm-hmm. full on launch to its full content and it works. Yeah. And those testimonials that you get are the ones. So the ones that you would be displaying on those pages are ones that are it's work with you. It's mm-hmm. relevant to the situation, but it might not be specifically about that product. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of like make sure that you have those kind of more generic testimonials in your uh-huh. database. So you're able to actually like pull on them and put them on those websites because it's still like your, like if you write a course, I mean, I know it's possible, but you know, <laughs> if client a has a course on Pinterest, most likely client A's like the course on Canva isn't going to be horrendous. I mean, it could yeah. be, but most yeah. likely it will be or not. Well, most likely it will not be. So you're able to just kind of plug and no. play a variety yeah. of testimonials. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've, I've done a Pinterest course launch and that, that was the first time I did it. And I kind of used, um, cause I also do Pinterest management for people. So I kind of use that as like, exactly. my even though no one had taken that course yet, it was just like, okay, this is relevant cause it's about Pinterest. But yeah, that makes sense. Cause you know, if you're, you're doing Canva course, you probably know how to make Pinterest graphics if you're a Pinterest person. Exactly. And if you don't, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be offering that service. But, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I always kind of was, I just for my um, listeners, just because a lot of people are like, well, how do I even get like people to give me a good testimonial if zero people have gone through my course? And yeah, I've heard a lot about beta programs. I've never done one myself just because I was like, I still want, I don't know if people, even if they pay a small fee, I don't know if they're going to be committed. Just Mm -hmm. sometimes people, you know, people get busy and they're like, okay, well, I only paid like 40 bucks for this or only paid 30 bucks for this. So, you know, I'll just take it as a loss, but yeah. So it's just one of those things I was like, is it actually going to work? Are people actually going to finish it? Or I'm just going to like, um, be, um, you know, take on all these people and only have like two people do it. Um, but yeah, I think that's something I'd be interested in trying in the future for sure. Um, yeah. And if you, if you're able, like one, like one thing is if you do market research beforehand, like it will help you cut down on the need to do beta testing because course. you're getting all this information you're getting, you know, you're doing the interviews, you're doing all this stuff to really understand the market that you're going to market to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely market research will help cut down on the, on the, the need for beta. So in terms of like affiliate, same kind of thing, of course, if no one's taken that course before, how do you recruit people to help you market it like affiliates and launch cheerleaders and things like that? Well, money is helpful. <laughs> so the fact that they're making money will help. I am. And, but I know you, you know, you can come up against a wall and be like, well, I don't know who you are. I've never, exactly. like, I've never heard of you. Like, That's I don't my know thing. why. Like I want to have integrity still, you know, like not totally. just promoted just because Ooh, money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I feel so bad that I was like, Oh yeah, funny. But, um, <laughs> but just being able to kind of give so social proof for yourself, because a lot of it is like, is this just some like random girl showing up in the online business world, having no, like, is it going to like, is it going to impact their name if they're mm-hmm. promoting it as well? Right. Yeah. So you have to build those relationships with mm-hmm. your affiliate, um, your affiliates. It's very, like, very difficult to be like, hey, here's all my, here's, you know, I want this, this, and this, and this. One of the best things to do is, like, create a really great generator email to send Mm -hmm. out to a bunch of people. Because you're selling yourself, essentially, when you Uh start doing affiliate marketing. marketing. So you really have to, like, be like, okay, like, this is what I've done. This is, like, the vision behind it. This is 
you know, this is the process that I did. This is this, this is this. So they know that you've done your research. It's not like you slap together a product, like a $1,500 product in 24 hours. And it's like, here, be an affiliate. You're saying, <laughs> Hey, I know my stuff. Yeah. I want you to be a part of it. If not, no worries. But like, here's like my long, <laughs> my long ass email saying I did my work. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And that's something I do want to end up doing in the future because it's always been on my list, but then I like, I get nervous. I'm like, oh, what if no one wants to be an affiliate? You know, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like keep pushing it down. I was like, well, that's like not as important as co- writing the copy for my sales page. So I'll just push this off. And then it ends up like getting like completely cut off, which is fine because it, it ends up being okay in the end, but it's definitely something I think would be helpful because you're basically getting people to help you market the product versus just yourself. And, exactly. um, do you think that providing like swipe copy and things like that for those people are, is helpful? Um, oh yeah, definitely. Because a lot of, I mean, I will say this as well. Like a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, as you know, are really, really busy. So yeah. the last thing they want to do is sit down and write a three to five email sequence on <laughs> promoting your product, even they if they're going to make really 50%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, and it's not going to be done well. So that's the thing is like another thing is in that email that you had sent inviting them to be an affiliate, you would be like, look, this is going to be provided for you. This and this and this and this. So they know it's literally just like this saying yes, maybe signing a contract if you're going that route and Mm then um, getting their VA or if they do it themselves to hook it up in their marketing system and make it fit in their calendar. So, yeah, I've always seen like really awesome like uh I know Blue Sheep does it and it's pretty cool. They they have like graphics promoting things for like their big sales and also just regular day-to-day stuff for affiliates. They also have like swipe coffee for social media and emails. So it's like really nice and you can just kind of like make it a little bit more your own. Mm-hmm. And they and as long as you're like, yo, like this is the swipe copy I'm giving you, feel free to like change it but this is just to make it as easy as possible so yeah yeah and And like that's pretty general like good practice with all like the bigger affiliates too like if you're a bluehost affiliate or you know mm -hmm. entreport or like any other hosting or whatever yeah yeah um, Um, they give you all those things and the thing I've noticed is that like, I know convert kit people are super notorious for this. I'm a, a convert kit affiliate, but I feel like no one changes the copy. So everyone just gets the same email like 30 times. And it's like, oh, great. You know, it's like, I, I, I do use the swipe copy. I'm not going to lie, but I definitely had some things that are a little bit more um, me than the actual copy. <laughs> and I've noticed that like on the days that they're doing stuff, I get like 20 emails in my inbox with the exact same thing, but not changed a single bit, which can be kind of frustrating for people that are subscribed to all those people. Not that that's always the case, but you know, if I'm getting 20, I imagine there are people getting at least three of the same exact one. So yeah. And especially because ConvertKit super popular these yeah. days, like crazy popular. I actually never really got into it. I've only ever worked with one client who like loves it and mm-hmm. it's cool. It's great. And it's perfectly priced in my opinion for what yeah, it does not crazy so yeah so I, it's so funny though because I'm I've actually seen the same thing I'm like it must be like a promotion going on right now <laughs> yeah so. yeah I mean I think that's the important part like things like that I mean obviously if I was like giving people affiliate copy it's not gonna be the same because it's not I'm not a humongous company that everyone's going to get the exact same promotional email for but it's just something that I noticed and I'm like people need to hold to their coffee a little bit it would be more successful because you know 
once I saw it like five times, I was like, okay, well, are people even going to want to like purchase through these people's links? Because it's the exact same thing, you know? Um, it just seems inauthentic to me, but that's another tangent for another day. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, it, but it's just, yeah. So puppy, I think is really good. And that's something like, that's another thing that was holding me back from like, um, kind of working with any affiliates for my launch. Cause I was like, wait, I have to what, write my own sequences and then I have to write stuff for other people. Like I, I barely even feel comfortable writing my own. <laughs> yeah. Like one of those things is like, okay, am I even ready to take that on yet? Cause copywriter, I am not. Yeah. And affiliate, like affiliate marketing, if you're doing it right, like it's a whole, like it's a, like it's an extra, it's like 30% more work. It's a lot, yeah. but you're also going to see a lot bigger sales if yeah, it's done exactly. right. It's something I want to build into my future launches just because I know the return on investment will be worth it. But it's just like, for me, writing sales copy in general is very daunting. Cause it's like, uh, to me, it just seems like so hard. And then like, I'll write something. I used to have a business coach. I'd write something and she would, you know, look it over and she'd only have like a couple different, like a few different things to tell me about and, you know, to add on or delete. So I was like, well, it's not that bad, I guess. But I guess I just get really <laughs> nervous because like, see, it seems harder than what it is. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're, are you a perfectionist? That would also be another, yeah, that would be another issue you're having. Yeah. I, I, I speak as one. I'm not, <laughs> so I like could totally get it. I'm like, this is the worst. This is the worst. I had a copywriter do my website. Um, but I actually like wrote it all. And I was like, can you just go in and fix it? And they're like, this is not bad. Yeah. And they changed like two paragraphs of like, like there was probably a hundred paragraphs, well, maybe not a hundred, maybe like 50 paragraphs on my website. They changed two. And I yeah, was like, Oh wow. Okay. I guess I'm better than I thought. <laughs> You're like, Oh, well, why did I even spend money? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should be a copywriter. No, yeah. definitely yeah, not. <laughs> no, like, that's not something I'm like confident in, especially with sales. I feel like that's a whole different ball game. And you like, so in terms of writing, I, I don't know if you're super familiar with writing copy for sales pages and things like that, but like, what are, I know like there are some words that are buzzwords. Do you, you know, are those things that you use in your copy for your clients? If that's something you do, or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the buzzwords. Like, um, I am not a copywriter. I, that's like the one thing that I'm just like, absolutely not. I can't like, (laughs) no, I'll do everything. Yeah. I will literally do everything, but not that I will coach the program for you, but not actually write the copy. (laughs) That's how I felt too. I'm like, uh, I'm just going to hire out for this because this is just too daunting for me. Yeah. Um, It's like, I definitely can't even run my own, let alone another person's. But yeah, that's just, yeah, that's something. So guys, if you're not confident in your copywriting, hire a copywriter. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hire us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> okay. So do you use like a project management tool, like Asana and stuff to plan? I do. I am a Basecamp user. Okay. I really like it. I, I don't know why. It's, I think it's like one of the most, maybe not the most expensive one, out, but in comparison, but I just, I love it. So I've never tried that one before. I've tried both Asana and Trello because, you know, they have free versions. Yeah. Um, and I can't decide between the two. So I actually use them both, which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I use yeah. Trello for my own stuff and Asana for like client stuff because I feel like it's easier for clients and Asana for some reason. Um, but that's just kind of how I do it. And people are like, oh, why don't you just pick one? I'm like, 
I can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I come into teams as well that already have like set up. So I'm like on four different ones. I've, I'm on teamwork, Asana, Trello and Basecamp. And oh, it's yeah, you're a all... lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like they all have their similarities and there's just, yeah, like, they definitely do. That are subtle differences. So shouldn't be too, too hard to learn. Okay. Well, so that is the portion about launching. So let's jump into the three questions that I asked basically. Sure. So what does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? What does it mean to me? That's a great question. Um, well, I'm just kind of, honestly, I'm just, well, not just, but like within the last year, I've just started wrapping my head around the fact that I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, but I read, not to be like, oh, I saw a meme, but I did see a meme. <laughs> it was like, it was like entrepreneurship is experiencing every single emotion in a day. And I was like, yep, yep. this is probably the most accurate thing I've ever seen. So that's <laughs> how I feel about it. Um, that being said, I love what I do. And like, I'm, I am very lucky that I am as self-motivated as I am. Mm -hmm. So I come, I also come from an academic background. So like, it makes sense because I was writing way too many papers, um, <laughs> to like, yeah, just writing so many papers. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I do love it. And like the flexibility, I'm not a morning person. I mean, I wake up early and stuff, but <laughs> the fact that I need to like get up and like have a shower and put on makeup and make sure my clothes are clean and this and this and this to work in like a corporate. I'm like, mm -hmm. so <laughs> my commute's about 30, no, like probably six seconds. So <laughs> that's pretty much my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And self-motivation is so crucial as an entrepreneur because if you're not self-motivated, you're not going to get anything done. You're just going to be on the couch watching Netflix all day. And well, that's okay. Every so often, if you're doing that daily, that's not going to be beneficial for you. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, if you do it daily outside of business hours, maybe because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but while you're working, working not out. so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not going to bring in any type of profits. So not yeah, no, not at all. Not um, at all. <laughs> and yeah, I, the, the um, um, entrepreneurship, having a ton of different emotions. I agree with that too. There are days where I'm like, so on top of the world, cause I just got a new client or in their days where I'm like, oh my God, I have 3000 things to do. And it never ends because when I leave my computer, it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, when you leave your office job, you know, you usually in most jobs, you're not working past a certain time unless you have, um, you know, those unless you're like a CEO or something, um, yeah. for the most part. But yeah, as an entrepreneur, it's like, if you don't turn off, you, it's, you're not gonna be able to turn off because you have to be like, tell yourself, okay, I'm shutting down. Otherwise you're gonna be working 24 seven, which is not good either. Yeah, no, definitely not. Okay. So what is your favorite tool that you use within your business? Um, probably entreport honestly i'm a big funnels person and uh -huh. it just makes it so easy to like map it out and it's got all these really cool triggers and automation or not automations um conditions and all this jazz and elements so mm -hmm. i'm a big i like really like tech back-end tech stuff okay which is funny because i'm like a business online business manager um but my yeah i really like the tech stuff the most <laughs> so all those fun things 
I, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, if I could give someone all of this to do, to map out all like where this goes and where that goes, I would do it. Cause sometimes I'm like, what does this even mean? It just doesn't even make sense to me. Like, Oh, I, I love, I feel like it's a puzzle. Like that's why I like it so much. It's just this one giant tech puzzle and then something goes wrong or it doesn't fire the right way and then you gotta go figure it out. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's just like, okay, my, one of my really good friends who's been a guest, her name's Lindsay. She does a lot of that. And I'm like, anytime I have an issue, I'm like, Lindsay, what did I do wrong? Like, I don't understand. Why is this not happening? And she'll just tell me and she's like, okay. Then she'll like take the little video for me of like the back end of something and mm-hmm. tell me to do it. I'm like, thank you. You're a lifesaver. You just saved me a ton of money because I would have paid someone to do it because I don't want to touch it. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Um, there's definitely people who are more of tech people and there are people like me who are like avoid it like the plague if they can. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will say, I will say one thing. One of my best investments in my systems was hiring a VA. So that was the best thing. And I'm like, I like to practice what I preach because I was a VA. Uh So I'm like, Oh, like you do this, you do this. It was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. So yeah, those two things together. <laughs> I, I have a VA too, and it saves me so much time because, you know, there's not enough hours in the day. I would not get things done if I wasn't able to outsource a little bit of things. Like, of course, like the main things I am focusing on, but the little smaller things mm-hmm. I don't need to be doing that I used to want to do because I'm a control freak. I have finally let go of the reins and said, here, take this. Thank you. You're making my life so much easier. But yeah. Um, okay. So who is your go-to business resource? Like someone that you just like feel like has not all the answers, but they just are inspirational and you know, they make you um, feel like you kind of can get some, go to them for advice and, you know, get something out of it every time you listen to them or read a post that they wrote or anything like that. So I have two. So for business, actual business stuff, it's Amy Porterfield. I'm a huge, huge, huge Amy Porterfield fan. And a lot of people are like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's because her name is Amy, but um, I just love her. I don't even remember how I came across her, but I have listened to probably 95% of her podcasts and she has a lot of episodes. So, um, so she is really when it comes down to like business stuff, but I also work a lot in like the mindset aspect of my, of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really refer to Brooke Castillo, who is the life coach school, which most people know. Um, so yeah, she would be like who I go to when I'm like, Oh, I need to figure out how to like reset my boundaries and like how to unplug and actually like have a life outside of my job. So those are the main two women. Um, I have like, I don't know why, but I'm just really gravitated to women lately Mm -hmm. in relation to that. So like, I know there's so many amazing like men out there and I'm not knocking them, but like all, all the women, all the women is just, I eat up all their advice. So yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, of course, like you said, men, it's nothing wrong with men, but I just feel like I can relate to it more because Mm. they have like, they've gone through the exact same struggles. Not that men haven't gone through the same struggles, but eh. (laughs) there's difference like there's different societal stuff you know like you know you want to get all like like philosophical but like you know like we're supposed to stay home and be have a family and stuff and like entrepreneurship is a hard game Uh and women have it worse so yeah I totally agree it's harder to make a name for yourself um in the entrepreneurial world when you're a woman because you know it's just how it is and hopefully in you know 10 years or more that'll be 
a thing of the past, but right now it's still, you're still harder to pave your path, I think personally. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well tell everyone where they can find you. You can like your website and your social media channels and things like that. Sure. Um, this is now, this is the game of me trying to remember. So my website (laughs) is amydamone.com and my Instagram handle is amy.damone and that's about it. (laughs) So I am on Facebook, but I honestly, my URL for my business page is so long that I couldn't even try to tell you what it was. So, (laughs) well, I will link everything in the show notes so that you guys can check it out and you don't have to remember all these things while you're possibly driving. You don't want yeah, that to exactly. That's when I usually listen to podcasts. So um, I'm assuming a lot of people do that too. But yeah, I'll leave everything in the show notes so you can check her out and you know go follow her and stuff like that. But thank you so much for being a guest, Amy. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 28. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.